Hello and welcome to Bridge from Nowhere, life on the far northern edge of America. Today, we discuss Lou's primate fascination. I saw right. a video of a gibbon and it was sitting in the grass and its it, its arms were so long it was just <laughs> draping them in the yeah. grass. Yeah. And I didn't know what else to do. Jamie asks a trick question. Is that can you thing milk you can a chicken? Do? I don't know. Can you milk, milk a, a chicken? Well, now that now they're now you just brought some. No, you can't milk a chicken. Milk, <laughs> you can't milk chickens a chicken. aren't mammals. So they don't, they yeah. don't produce milk. No, Jamie's you smart. You that can't. was a trick question. <laughs> I reveal a personal secret. So here's a little bit of like just <laughs> background <laughs> information on me. Yeah, it can happened. I just say I like when you're like I have to take a crap, and then you are immediately like, let me tell you, I have some things to explain about yeah. myself now. Yeah. <laughs> And I also discuss my proposal for beautifying downtown Juno, plus my most primal moment. I let it go. I let it loose. In that moment, I was an animal. You were free. I was an animal. <laughs> I was an ape. You were more animal than man. I was primal. Plus music from our house band, Coulson. That's all coming up on Bridge from Nowhere. And as a warning, we will talk about poo in this episode. So if that has the potential to offend you, please turn the channel to something non-offensive. And good luck with that. I think a black crap. It appears to be some sort of primate. (laughs) We're not clear which one. Yes. Welcome to Bridge from Nowhere. Oh, I'm Andy. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lou. Hello. And uh, we're back after a couple of weeks hiatus. Yes. And uh, it's exciting to get back on the air, isn't it? Yes. On the on the series of tubes. We're on, we're on, we are on the tubes, <laughs> yes. It's like, a, it's like a vast series of tubes. So I have a quick question for yes. you guys. Um, Without oh. any prior studying, okay. which we yeah. always do, I know. I don't. I don't the know. preparation. Don't have my amazing. notes. Yeah. The difference between a monkey and an ape. Oh, Ooh. I know. The, I know the tail. I think you're right. Wow, mm. really? Yeah. Apes don't have a tail, and huh. monkeys do. So a gibbon is monkey. considered an ape. No, an ape. I think. Yeah, gibbons an ape. Sorry. Yeah. Wait, don't gibbons have tails? They hang from no. No. They have those no. long <laughs> arms. No. I believe gibbons mm-hmm. are the fastest. Uh, Brachiating is that the word? Brachiation. It's one of my favorite words. They, yes. That is the locomotion through tree branch with your utilization arms. with oh. your long hairy monkey arms. Super. The gibbons have the longest damned yeah. arms. I saw right? a video of a gibbon and it was sitting in the grass and its it, its arms were so long it was just <laughs> draping them in the yeah. grass. Yeah. They didn't know what else to do. They rarely actually ever touch the ground. And when they do, right. they, they don't, they don't, they, why was it in the grass? It was like, it was oh at, my God, it's a flat, it's, this is like grass down here, you guys. It was at some sort of uh, that was given a convention. Uh, it was, I think it was a place. moment, it was a moment of evolution. That Maybe. given. It fell from the tree. Mutated at that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they used rays. to have gibbons at the Minnesota Zoo and they were my favorite because they would just have, they just had like this long row of trees and they would just haul ass oh, like they back so and forth. Fast. God, it was amazing. I've seen yeah. them with like ropes and stuff like that. But yeah. when you see it in their natural environment, you're right. It's like 
They're so cool the way that they can just like – And they get ahead of steam and then they just like release and fling themselves like through open space. That's you crazy. You don't think they're really? going to make it and then With gunk, they grab it. abandon. Yeah, like gymnasts. <laughs> I wonder how many how many gibbons die doing it a well, year. Is it like traffic in America? Probably in the wild like a lot I would bet. I, would I read that uh, a certain high percentage of gibbons have uh, broken bones that healed. Wow. So most of them do have a fall at some point in their life. I would imagine, right? Or just yeah, especially when you're young. Mm-hmm. But a you know, teenage what? gibbon. Here's what I would say: How many? What's the percentage of humans that have a broken bone? I have five. I have Jesus. seven. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I have six one, actually. Two, yeah. three, four, five. Sorry, I have five. I have five. Oh, six. wait a minute. I can't remember. Does Peroni's count? <laughs> Is that broken or is that more bent? <laughs> Does it make a difference? Mm, no. <laughs> so Dr. Steve Pleasant said By the way, it. I don't know how this happened, but you know how we all have these online services, like yeah. different things. So I listen to uh, Pandora a lot at work <gasps> and at different places. This and happened it, to me too. And Pandora comes on and it says, are you a little crooked down there? <laughs> <laughs> the same thing happened to me. <laughs> and I'm like... Son of a bitch, you're inside my head. Now, listen, just for the record, I don't actually have this condition, but it is an interesting thing that I'm somehow in the target audience well, for Aeroni's disease. And they're, you know, because I got, I got one of those too. I guess because I listened to Led Zeppelin or something. Older white males. Yeah. Jamie, I, yacht, yacht explain to the audience there. what Peroni's is. Why don't, wait a minute. Lou Logan. As someone who is the first person that with joy explained to me what that meant, why don't you explain to the listeners what I heard of it first from Jamie. So let's go to the primary source. That's true, actually. But he is the one that's the carrier of the torch. Okay. I've handed the torch to Lou. And I hand it back to Jamie. Oh, do you? Lord of Peyronie's (laughs) discussion. (laughs) I I first learned of it when I was in college. My roommate, Chris Fanderich. Shout out if you're listening, Chris Fandrich, wherever Has you are. Has Peyronie's. No, but no. He, he was like a biologist. Shout out, Chris. Yeah. How you doing, Chris? I'm sure you're happy. Man, I haven't talked to him for 20 years. By um, the way, someone I haven't talked to for many years got back to me about one of these podcasts. Really? A, a childhood friend. Do you remember me mentioning Sam Redfield, who I drank out of the water of streams when oh, we were, yes. got back to me and said, hey, great memory, man. Thank you so hey, much. Hey, here's a cease and desist letter. <laughs> so don't think that so don't think that Chris might not get back to you. Maybe he would. So okay. he, he was a physics major, but he was a polymath interested in the world. And he, one day when we were roommates, he taught me what Peyronie's disease was. <laughs> and, it's, and he taught me that we went, we used to go to this liquor store called World of Beer in Chicago. Well, that's, by the way, World of Beer is around. Yeah. It's it was still around. quite a place. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you could get beer from like all over the world. We used to have these parties where you got a beer from your heritage, whatever. And, and we went there one day and he got a six pack of Peyronie's beer. <laughs> Which is the Italian. Beer of Italy. Yeah. Italian, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't think it's spelled the same. But no. anyway. Yeah. Um, so he. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a well, unnatural. Were those, were those, let me ask you: Were those beers in sixteen ounce cans that were crooked at the top? They were in bottles. Well, <laughs> okay. we made all the jokes. We used to bring oh, them to parties. Yeah. Like, hey, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like some Peyronies? <laughs> 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 
Okay, so so it's it's an unnatural and at times a ninety degree. I've what? heard um, that's no, I've never heard that bending of the of, of your male man region of the member of the of member the member male unit of your old chap of the, of, <laughs> of old Chester, which is my favorite. Your old chap is my favorite mm. expression for that. Doctor what are the Stephen other ones? What are some old timey? Good old expressions of that. Your Bob. What? I don't know. I never heard your, that. Your flinker and flag. What? I don't know. <laughs> Come on, help your me out. I'm the only one talking right I now. I don't really know. Like, you know, there's all the old, like, your your Johnson, right? The, Johnson. the poor Johnson, Johnson people. Yeah. yeah. Johnson. Your, uh, your old chap is still my favorite. By your, the way, uh, when I said those two things, I said your Bob and your Chester. Those are my grandfather and my dad's name. <laughs> I was going to say, well... <laughs> That says more about you. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, in a way, I was like, well, that's actually, that's where I, sure, that's how that happened. Well, mine would be my Barry and my Wayne. (laughs) 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 Now, that's an amazing thing to think about. Just nicknaming it your father or your grandma or whoever, male. So for you, your would be called the Phantom. Nels Nels (laughs) or the the Phantom Phantom. or Leopold. (laughs) I think the Phantom wins. Yeah, sure, of course it does. Yeah. He also sometimes referred to himself as Papa Gumbo. Oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah, Papa, Papa Gumbo. Gumbo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Papa Gumbo because of his New Orleans roots. A little bit. Yeah. He used to tell when I was a kid. He used to tell the Gumbo family this is your, stories. Your father. Yeah. No, yeah. Gumbo family. What do you mean? He would just like make up stories about a family with a lot of kids, and he'd be like, "Hey, let's talk about the Gumbo family," and he would just like tell a story when I was like going to sleep. About the gumbo family. Yeah. I used to do that with my daughter. I would try to on, on walks. So, you know, around here in Juneau, we have these beautiful trails. But when kids are little, they don't necessarily want to go on some long walk, yeah. right? But if you can just get them distracted, they'll go on a long walk with you. And by the sooner, you know, by the time you're done with it, oh my gosh, we've walked five miles. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell these stories about like, the I don't know what I can't remember. Like the there was the there were the elf people and the other people and they lived yeah. about these people and like you mean Lord of the Rings? But it was basically kind of that. It was based on that kind <laughs> of. But it was something else. Ring. Was it yes. just something you're pulling out of your arse and oh, just yeah? At the time, or I was were you just, just walking. Reciting? I remember when I was walking on the flume. I was like, oh come on, don't you want to hear the story about the people, the elves that actually lived, used to live in this place, and that actually built this flume? You're telling her a lie, right? Well, you know, and then she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I mean, legend mm. has it that you know, they were, they were, and they all had unicorns that they rode, yeah. and you know, and you're just like going on and on, and then. Pretty soon, you're like three miles up the trail. And, and you're like, wrapped into a three-mile lie. Yeah, and then and they were like, well, we better turn around. And she's like, all right. And then you're like, well, I'm not telling more stories because I'm just going home now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll see you or I won't. I like the idea, too, that like in 500 years, the idea of like the mine and the flume, people might say that it was elves. No, that's right. right. Yeah. Like as these things are lost to history, it's like, oh, elves built this. Building. I think right. the dwarves would be more <laughs> builders of the flume. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about the flume. Yeah. The flume. What is the flume? What the hell is the flume to people? We People from here don't know what uh, the flume is. Well, also, I mean, I don't. I would actually, I would actually challenge that. I don't. As much as I know about the history of this town, 
we in this room might not actually know what the flume is, but nope. here's my idea of what the flume is. The flume is a aqueduct that's built out of uh, wood. It's just a big square wood that that intercepts the flow of Gold Creek pretty high up in Gold Creek, mm -hmm. comes down through the center of town, is owned by AELMP, and generates the local power. Power doesn't generate the local power, but used to be a generator for local power in town, and so it's still there as something that AELMP. Uh, manages, but doesn't actually generate any more power, but it's part of the idea behind how they would continue to generate power. And this is where I get, this is where I'm lost. Hmm. That could be. I mean, I think AMP still owns the flume. They own that house. They have signs and stuff. They yeah. have that thing, that yeah, house yeah, that's yeah. on yeah. the end of the end of the flume mm -hmm. like that. And, and that thing I've seen inside there before. And there's a series of different, like, leveling flume things that go with different flows mm -hmm. at different times. That mm. could totally be. I mean, did you know that, like, there's that old dam on Nugget Creek above Nugget Falls at the glacier? Yeah. And, there's, and if you go, like, to the right and back there, that used to power, like, all of Douglas during the, the all this mine hydropower. Days. Yeah. All this hydropower was And they in ran the a day. cable all the way from the glacier back to there. <clears throat> yeah. Have I want to – now, here, let's – so here we, we're on Bridge from Nowhere. We talk about Juno things. Mm -hmm. Can I bring up an actual issue that I want to maybe make literal? I'm serious. I am serious here. I want to. I've talked about this issue for 20 years in this town. Peronis. I've talked to. I've, it's <laughs> it's related. Oh. I've talked about it. Well, because there's a bend in it. I've talked about oh. it for a long time with high level people. <laughs> I've brought it up with the city manager. I've brought it up mm -hmm. with mayors. I've brought it up with fish and game commissioners. I'm really interested in this idea. All right. And here Bring it is. It on. We live in a beautiful, beautiful town. And so, for instance, we live in a town that's similar in some ways to Ketchikan. Ketchikan has a beautiful section of its town that goes right through it. It's called Creek Street. And it's this creek that runs through town that fish run up. And, you know, it goes through and it goes by uh, houses that have been there for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And they manage the sides of that stream so that there's flooding, the flooding that could possibly happen from runoff from uh, ice melt and snow melt that happens during years is managed. We have a similar thing in Juneau. We have an area in Juneau called Gold Creek. Gold Creek, however, is a culvert, literally a culvert that runs through the most potentially beautiful part of our town. It is a concrete chute. But instead is a concrete chute that, by the way, has cut off what was, uh, what I've heard, historically, the biggest cutthroat, no, steelhead run in southeast Alaska. Well, why would you need steelhead when you can have... A concrete chute. Exactly. So, <laughs> and as we know, at the bottom of that concrete chute, every year, salmon pool yeah. and try to run up it and pathetically get sometimes salmon. This year I walked up and salmon were up four city blocks. I've wow, never heard really? of salmon going up there. Oh, really? I saw it. I saw it this, I saw it wow. this year. Why? How could they still be going up there? Because they get to the side. And they work their way up, and somehow something holds them, and they work their way up because they're determined. So they're like eleventh and B or something like right, that, like way up way there, up. Huh? Wow. And then they give, up. they can't go any further, <laughs> and they go down and they die. Mm. And so all the salmon just die, and they're infertilely un. 
you know, completely yeah. they don't fulfill their mission. Now, of are these breeding. hatchery fish or I don't know because I don't know. a fish they, that they're misdirected. Is, it grows up in a creek that it in a creek, and then it comes back to that creek. This is a misnomer. But if no, this is this, I thought it was a misnomer because humpies have begun to show up in Great Britain now, and they're not an Atlantic fish. Here's what I've been told by when I used to work at fishing camp. Here's what I've been told by biologists. That whole myth about all, every salmon knows its creek of origin and they go back is about 60% true. Mm-hmm. A lot of the salmon do find their way back to their origin creek. A lot of them don't. A lot of them just feel the current of another creek and go <laughs> up, which makes total sense, right? Because as new creeks would develop evolutionarily, mm-hmm. new, right? You, yeah, you they're, know they're populating like creeks up in the Arctic now. Right. They yeah. would find new creeks. So obviously they don't all go back to mm-hmm. the same creek because there would only be two creeks in the entire world with all the salmon, right? So, right, you know what I mean? Right, so so that's what's happening. Like salmon, there's a, there's a percentage of the salmon that – do catch that scent, do get that, and go back up that creek. And there's a lot of salmon that don't. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of salmon that, that that's, oh, there's this great breeding creek, and they happen to go. So, so as there's a flow of fresh water coming out into the salt water that salmon have been feeding in, they feel that s- flow of fresh water, and they go towards that. What I want to know is how are the fish, the salmon, going to compete with the horrendous amount of brown trout that are coming out of Gold Creek when it goes through downtown. Well, let's pick up a couple of those issues here on the next segment, because this is important stuff. Brown trout, black crappie, also, as an introductory species that I'm going to introduce right up here. In Gold. If this doesn't happen, is right? Is that why I'm, we have to go on a break right I'm now? I'm doing it. I'm, I'm introducing right. a black crappie upstream. And also, my we haven't finished this, but my idea... For the total reconstruction and new development of a beautiful tourism and local beautifying zone in downtown Juneau. Sure. I'm on board with that. Coming up in the next segment of Bridge. Bridge from No. Where? Also, Blade Runner. Next up, let's hear an original tune from our house band, Coolson. That's Steve Nelson and George Kuhar. Yes, they are Coolson. Thank you. 
Why was it concreted? Why was it concreted? This is an excellent Why question. Why did it turn into an L.A. style shoot? Ooh, and I, yeah. We're back. Bridge from nowhere. Andy, Jamie, and Lou in the studio here. And we're discussing this idea of Gull Creek. Now, <clears throat> for people who haven't ever visited Juneau, how is the... Jamie, I'm going to turn to you. Like, oh, if you could describe how the town's laid out, and then people hit Gold Creek. Like, what? How does that? Well, downtown, there's like a, there's a channel called Gastineau Channel that kind of comes up between Douglas Island and the mainland, and um, there's it sort of like makes a little curve. It's really nice, actually. It's beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful kind of natural curve on the side of the the mainland, and so you've got this little area, this little kind of. It's not a bay or anything, but it's just nice open water now, where you no. get wildlife and you get – it's like a little area with – Now, like one thing I would critters. say about that yeah. – now, where are you describing? What just specific? like downtown. Sp- yeah. But then there's – part of what we're, – where we're sitting right now, for instance, mm-hmm. in the KTO studio is completely unnatural, yeah. right? Yeah. This is mine tailings. Yeah. They dug it all out. Yeah. So this is mine tailings from the Perseverance mine that ran as mm-hmm. one – it was the highest producing gold mine in the world at one time. Yeah. And Lots of downtown Juno is – on mine tailings. And we we refer the, to that as the flats, and I live on the flats. If you see old photos, yeah. it's amazing how different it used to be. It's it, you, it's unrecognizable. Yeah, it it's is a way different. Like when place, I try yeah. to see where my house is in a, it, my house was built in 1913, so it's been around for a while. But when I look at a photo from 1920, I can't figure out where my house is. Yeah, it's close closer to the water. Probably it was or on in the, the water. It yeah. was on the water. Yeah. It was like it was it was streamside mm-hmm. to Gold Creek. Yeah, all of this is just fill that comes out. Yeah. So here's here's the deal is that we have this big, huge – if you can imagine like a big delta kind of, and that's all just filled with actual fill. And that, that could have been natural as a delta, but in this case it was unnatural. It was mine tailings, and it just came out in a big fan. And it came out right? of the mountain, which is just right here. Yeah. And this mountain has levels and levels and warrens of mines – and uh, addits and tunnels. If you were Swiss to look, Swiss cheese. It is Swiss cheese. If you cheese. were to look at it, it yeah. would look like an eleven-story building. Yeah, there's this very cool little thing in the city museum. Actually, incredible that, that thing if you've is never amazing. been so all this it, it rock actually just shows it. Came yeah. out, all, all of processed the, rock. All of the holes in Mount Roberts in the city museum. Yeah, it's very incredible cool. to see. Like yeah. it's just Swiss cheese. Full People of, don't think about that when they see this mountain. They don't realize how much we. I mean, the dwarves that we enslaved um, (laughs) toiled in there. Yes. And so anyway, so right now we're on these mine tailings. They're fairly stable, although there's people who say, well, if there was a massive earthquake, it would all jiggly, Mm -hmm. jiggle, jiggle down and we would all fall in. They have to dredge out Gastineau Channel every once in a while. They do, yeah. Yeah. A lot of that's that's natural silt and stuff and trying Mm -hmm. to – but so it's these mine tailings. So Gold Creek – that used to just end up way a few blocks up here now ends way just 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 a little bit south of us sort of when we think about south mm-hmm. so it's just just a little bit over just a couple of blocks from here gold creek empties yeah. out but gold creek um as the mine the mine tailings came out it was a nice flat area a bunch of then the people who were working the mines and other people Build houses on because there. there isn't really any flat area here in this downtown. This is an easy mm-hmm. place, and please yeah. to, and so that's why this area is called the flats. It's is a flat area. It's an area where people build a bunch of houses. So it's all platted out. There's houses. The the what was Gold Creek now runs through the middle of that. But at a certain point, 
there was flooding that happened, right? Because we have glaciers and we mm-hmm. have snow melt and we have all this kind of stuff that happens. The fall especially is a really big we time of flooding. We get a lot of rain and the, the creeks around here can vary substantially. Flood, yeah. So they flood out. So they said, well, we got to do some containment of this creek so that people's homes aren't flooded out. So they con- did containment. What they did was they cemented the sides of Gold Creek and they also cemented the bottom of Gold Creek. So it is literally a big culvert. It's yeah. just a big... Uh, like kind of half of a trapezoid, essentially, and right? I tell you, it is beautiful. <laughs> well, it is just a big concrete culvert. It is yeah. the ugliest thing in the middle of a town you could ever put, right? Especially since if you just walk up a little bit towards the mountain from that, it's a it's the most beautiful gorgeous, yeah. beautiful, big, Clear. flowing creek. And and up there is where we get the aquifer for a lot of our water from mm-hmm. downtown. Now, here's my thing. If you go to, number one, we live in a beautiful natural area that has one of the identifying things about Southeast Alaska is there are amazing runs of fish, right? And if you go to uh, Ketchikan, Alaska, they have a similar situation Mm -hmm. where they have a creek, and it's called Creek Street, and it runs through town, and it has been for 100 years. People fish there. People fish there, and it it is maintained on the sides, if you notice on the sides of of Creek Street, it is cemented in, right? It is like they have walled it in, they've cemented it in, they've contained that creek so it doesn't wander around. But it's not a chute. But on the bottom of it, it has rocks and it has the ability for things that live there to go upstream if they are salmon or steelhead or other kinds of trout or other kinds of salmon, right? So that's the thing. So we have not done that. My question is... Given the fact that I know that Gold Creek used to be one of the major runs of steelhead in southeast Alaska, given the fact that we have seen multiple species, I think, salmon pool every year at the bottom of Gold Creek but can't get up because it's nothing but a concrete culvert, why can't we break up the bottom of Gold Creek or plant rocks at the bottom of Gold Creek to allow for fish to run up to Cope Park and also take out that unnecessary, in my view, dam at Cope Park. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a plan to do this? I, maybe so, and I would love it. Like, but is there? I, when I used to work at Oceana, our neighbors were the Juno Watershed Project, who were wonderful, lovely yeah. people who work on watersheds around here. And I'm pretty sure – and hey, if you're listening, Juno Watershed Project, yeah, Juno Project watershed, folks, let's do it. shoot us an email. Um, we are your allies. Yeah, oh, well, I am your ally. We're on, we're on team Gold Creek Watershed. They had a plan to restore the Gold Creek – Watershed and do a lot of exactly what you're talking about. It's so because their whole mission was to protect and preserve and restore the watersheds of Juneau, which is an awesome thing to do because you know they all do these different things. And I'm pretty sure I've seen like a drawing and a map. And now here's my thing on this. Here's my vision on this. So let's say so right now what happens is there's all these houses that go along Gold Creek. They don't have a threat of flooding anymore Mm -hmm. because the water just runs through there. But what they have is the sound of a culvert rushing by at all times. And it is deep. And it's deep. Yeah. It's, not it's, a, just this, it's just not a small no, it's culvert. Big. It's got mm-hmm. almost uh, 12, straight up and down walls. 12 feet. And it's a U shape in a way yeah. with a flat bottom. Yeah. And uh, it's like a W without the middle V upside down V in there, right? It's just like a big <laughs> thing, right? It's just like a big. And so um, my idea would be either to plant new boulders at the bottom of that so you could create eddies and you could create a stream that would allow for 
fish to run up it. Or you would just break up the bottom of it and do some work there, right? Yeah. Either way, I don't know. How, I don't know but, the I mean, engineering it would be behind really, that. I, I'm pretty sure, like I said, I've seen like a drawing. It'd be really great. And the people who live along Gold Creek might lose a little bit of yard. I mean, I seem to remember that too, because like you'd have to spread it probably if you didn't have that vertical up and down in case of but why, 100-year flood events or whatever. Like, Why seen, can't you just keep that vertical up and down? I guess so, yeah. But you could also make it a little nicer, like a little It would be rushing streamy. mountain yeah. water, and it would allow yeah. for this historic salmon mm-hmm. and steelhead population to come back. I think, and yeah. it would create an incredible <clears throat> tourist destination in the middle mm-hmm. of our downtown. Here's my idea. I think you have in the allies middle of summer. I think, yeah. I think there are people who want to do this. Yeah. So Yellowstone introduced wolves. Yes. And oh. it really enhanced the riparian zones by it's true. culling deer, which allowed the vegetation to grow, which allowed other animals to come in and to clean up the area with less silt and junk. We should introduce wolves, wolves agree. to downtown, downtown, to downtown Juneau, Juneau to allow the riparian area to regenerate, and everything would be better. I'm in. I think it, the, the, the pro-chicken people might be against this. Well, it's time for that to be part of nature. <laughs> Chickens are right. We live in a wild here. place, you know? Yeah. Get some electric fences if what you do want you guys, chickens. What do you guys think about the – I mean, we, we brought this up a little bit with our, uh, with our buddy Johnny yeah. Warrenchuck, which – you know, we'll, we'll be we'll be hearing that too. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm pro chickens, but you gotta you know put some you gotta commit to protective measures. And even with that, you're probably gonna lose some. Are like, you pro chicken? Sure, why not? I mean, I'm, are you pro chicken? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't I'm know. pro chicken. I'm I guess. Water, I'm, wait, I don't. I'm see, not anti chicken. Reason why not? Yeah. I'm pro egg. Sure, I'm pro, I'm egg. pro eggs. Yeah. I'm pro. I'm pro. Well, that's like eggs I, over that's easy. That's what I would say. Like ninety five percent of the people I know. I mean, probably everybody I know who raises chickens, they for the eggs. You oh, know. they want the eggs, but then they yeah. have, then they. What well, here's the thing that I think that people that grow chickens they don't realize that they're now they're farmers. Sure. And farming can be brutal. What do you mean? Well, you have to sometimes kill chickens. Well, sure, but that chicken has a better life than almost any other chicken. Yeah, in but the sometimes world. you've got to murder that chicken. Yeah, or just turn it loose and let the bears get hit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> just drive that chicken out to the glacier in mid-July. You're free now. Yeah, take him out on this deep creek trail. Run along now. Go on. Get. You're free, buddy. Go, yeah. go on. Get red. Yeah. Red. You yeah. go live your life. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, bear. sure. That's totally. And you got to <laughs> kill them and pluck them and all that stuff. I think probably most people understand that, though. Yeah. Right? No, I think that's I'm right. I'm totally like, yeah, like de- decentralized livestock. I'm now, totally what about the roosters that people, uh, there's well, that apparently a rooster be. downtown. Yeah. That's, that's, well, Aaron has said this, that's right? That's beyond the pale. Yeah. You can't be doing that. You're not supposed to have a rooster downtown, no. but our buddy Aaron gets woken up by a rooster. Although he does not often. anymore because he doesn't live downtown anymore. Well, that's true, but he used yeah. to get woken up often oh, by a rooster. He hated mm. it. At what? Five in the morning? I would also say, in fairness, Aaron sleeps till like two in the afternoon a lot. <laughs> Could have just been a chicken <laughs> at like 11. Might have been a car horn. Yeah. It was mistaking for no, a rooster. I'm pretty sure it was it's a rooster. It's that rooster yeah. again. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't think you should be able to have roosters when your other people are around. But yeah, yeah that's, right. that doesn't mean you should. Like, sure, chickens are great. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I kind of like seeing it. Like, you know, there are chickens on your street, and I walk past them sometimes. And right, right. It's just like, oh, look at that. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on Team Chicken. I don't team know. Team Chicken here. Why not? We're all on Team Chicken here on Bridge. 
I'd like some chicken milk. Bridge from chicken. <laughs> possible. Can you milk you a chicken? Do? I don't know. Can milk you milk a, a chicken? Well, now that now there now you just brought something. No, you can't milk a chicken. <laughs> no, milk, you can't milk chickens chicken. aren't mammals. They're so they birds. don't they yeah. don't produce milk. No, Jamie's smart. You that can't. was a trick question. <laughs> that was a trick question. You gotta yeah. just hook up a hose to the cloaca. There, you'll be fine. Cloaca. That's your answer to everything, Lou. It's not a bad answer. Sometimes it's the only answer that makes sense. Yeah. Sweet, delicious chicken milk. Guys, I just got back from Denver. Oh, I thought you were going to say you just got back from the bathroom. I just got back from the bathroom <laughs> and Denver earlier. <laughs> yes, you did. Tell us about the, the Mile High City. The, I mean, Denver. Bronco Town. So I went there for the Great American Beer Festival. Oh, Gab. It's my fifth <laughs> Gabfa. Gabfa. My fifth your Gabfa, fifth Gabfa? <laughs> in a row. Wow. How's your liver? My liver's miserable. I mean, how's my liver? Do you want to really want to talk about my liver? About four, sure, let's like go. Four feet by three feet? Yeah, it's a big, Pulsing. like a, it's a raft blum, down there. Blum, blum, like, I don't granite. know how my liver is. I worry about my liver, but, um, you know, I'm in the beer industry, so it's an occupational hazard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of beer flowing. Does yeah. OSHA know about that? Yes, but uh, but Great American Beer Festival. Gapfa. To get on that. Now, that's a, that's a thing. That's a, it's a good question because that's a thing that people like, oh, you get to go to the Great American Beer Festival for your work. I mean, that's amazing. And it's like, it is amazing, but it's not not grueling Physically either. Taxing. Yeah, it's yeah. grueling. Tell us work. about it for listeners who don't know what Great American Beer Festival is and what happens there. So it's the largest beer festival in the world. 60,000 people wow. go in three days. Twice as many people as Juno. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and they all show up at your booth. <laughs> yes. And they want beer. For free. For free. I mean, yes. they paid a ticket to get in. but mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so there's that part. And then there's a competition part, which is cool. And then there's the, all the other extracurricular stuff that happens as well. So you go to all these bars and all these stuff yeah. that's going on, parties. Is it always at Denver? It's always in Denver. Mm-hmm. GABF is always in Denver. There's another industry thing called the Craft Brewer Conference. But that's inside kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that changes cities through the years. But Denver is, has always been the home for the – Great American Beer People Festival. Come from all and I think it's over 34 the... years running. Wow. wow. People come from all over the world, world. to go to this, I would world. imagine. Yeah. World. Yeah. So right? many people. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And um, it was kind of an amazing experience. So there's, there's, uh, yeah, it was, uh, there's a lot that went on there. Really? I mean, there's a lot of beer yeah. flowing all the time. Sure. Right. And you would think, well, that's the best thing ever, right? No, I would not actually think that. See? No. How about you? 
What kind of beer? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, mostly really good beer. Mm. And it's all, uh, you know, for the most part, all craft beer. So it's all like people who really want to make these great flavors and great, you know, explore what beer is about. Um, so that's really fun. That's what really I want to know is with all those people drinking beer, how do you get to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Good well, question. The bathrooms are massively huge. They're in a con- uh-huh. it's in the big Denver so Convention ask, Center. Yeah. But do they have adequate restroom facilities? Well, if you're one of the sponsors, you Ooh. get to go to a special bathroom. Really? Mm. Is that one worse than the public bathrooms ultimately? No. No. Oh, is it nice? Well, you go to so this one area. So this is what I found out. I don't this approve of this, by the way. This is classism. I don't care for this. This is good continue. stuff, though. Well, <laughs> yeah. if you spend tens of thousands of dollars to be there. Everyone should still poop in the same toilet. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. That's not true. And that's <laughs> yeah. not true anywhere. I know, but that's that's. If wrong. you spend tens of thousands of dollars, you can poop in a clean toilet. <laughs> I mean, that's just... What are you, I don't, communist? What? That, yeah. That's no matter where you are. I know. I hate <laughs> it, though. So, um, so, yeah, so there's an area called with, where it says badge holders only, mm-hmm. and you go into pa- back behind this door, and then there's this place where there's still this massive line. But then, magically, if you look to the left, there's an escalator. And it's just running down. And so you just pooped on an escalator. And no one's going down that escalator. And you're oh. like, I wonder what's going on down there. Oh. And I was standing in line, and a guy walked by me, and he went, he just whispered, he kind of like like an angel in my ear. He went, there's no lines downstairs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you realize this could have ended really badly for you. <laughs> and tap three times. No, he didn't say yeah, that. good so Lord, man. He said, there's yeah. no lines downstairs. So yeah. I went by. I went, all right. And I went down the down escalator, and there was a men's room, and you walk in, and all of the stalls were open, which was a good thing because I needed a stall. Oh, yeah, I see. This is the thing. <laughs> if you just need to go pee, who gives a damn, right? You just step up whatever and go pee. Who yeah. cares? Trough. Now, Dog. if you're at a beer festival and there's 20,000 people, yeah. and you need to, you know, it's just like going to Wrigley Field or something. Yeah. I need to really do my business. You hold it in. Well, right. But (laughs) here's the thing. The beer festival, I'm running it. I'm there for seven straight hours. You can't, right? You You should wear a free willy. It's a device that you can hook up to your member (laughs) and you just go. You're old chap. I don't don't care about peeing. Peeing is nothing. Well, then you hook it up elsewhere. No, no, no. Well, you can't hook up a free willy elsewhere. That's a lie. (laughs) Is it NASA working on this right now? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right? In the 60s. Yeah. It was a big project back then. They sending people up in the plane. And it stumped them. They didn't know what I'm to sure do. I'm sure it still has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. It's, still, <laughs> yeah, it's the hardest thing. That's why we stopped space travel. That's why they never sent a woman into space for a long time. They were like, we don't even understand That's what's going on down there. That's why we got rid of the program. Like, Listen, we're NASA. We're space scientists. We don't understand what's going on we're down all there. Yeah. <laughs> With buzz cuts, <laughs> horn rim glasses, and skinny ties and white short sleeves. And like the first woman astronaut, it was potential. She was like, well, what if I poop? They were like, what do you, what do you mean women poop? What are you talking about? <laughs> we're NASA scientists. We Male scientists. What are you talking about? Yeah. So. Where's your mustache? To continue my story, uh, I went downstairs. The bathroom is completely, essentially empty. One guy at one urinal. All the stall doors just open. All the stalls clean. Wow. 
This feels like it's too good to be true. Is I this going to end well for you? It, it, it was glorious. Okay, good. I'm glad. Glorious. Went did you down there. Have any? Did you ever have any bathroom mishaps there? Um, there have been GAVFs, and then there have been GAVFs, and uh, yeah, there is one particular time I remember. <laughs> Long ago, <laughs> do you? Yes. When I was younger and more carefree. Mm-hmm. Should I tell the story? It's entirely up to you, man. I'm going to tell the story. It, there are no repercussions for me if you tell this story. Disclaimer: The following story may or may not be true. <laughs> yes. There's a man who went down to Denver. Let's call him Randy Line. <laughs> <laughs> this was my, um, I believe, my second. GABF, 2015, uh, went down there and was responsible for setting up the booth for our company and kind of managing people and everything. And also, of course, doing all the media. So I went down there. This was also the year that um, in Colorado, weed became legal. Woo! Completely legal. Legal. And so there was this place called... um, What's it called? It's called Natural something or other. Anyway, I'll think of it in a minute. But there's a place in Colorado. and Natural weed. Natural weed. Let's call it natural weed. There's a place called Natural Weed. And um, so it, uh, it, it is a kind of weed superstore in a way. Mm. It's like it, it really – you walk in there – and it looks like you walked into Snoop Dogg's house or something, right? It's like it's like Lenny Kravitz's place. Or it's like this beautiful, modern, all you know, like they had all they figured out and they got all the money and they figured it out. So I went down there one time with some compatriots and we were we were like, well, hey, natural fun, hey. Now I don't really smoke weed or anything, but um, that you know, but but I you know have and you know, but. But it was like a fun kind of idea and a fun thing to do. So we were like, oh, okay. So I went and we like – I remember I bought a little packet of like the hard candies or something, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, these edibles. Yes. So um, this was on Friday. The award ceremony, by the way, is on Saturday. And then the last day is this big – Saturday is this big, massive two-session thing. You got 10 hours of serving beer to people. Starting at noon and going to 10 p.m. Good God. Wow. Yeah, and that happens every year. Before oh. that's the, the award ceremony, and that starts at 9 a.m. So you have, this, you have 9 to 10. I mean, I barely survived like Brewfest here yeah. in town, and that's no. like three hours. Right, yeah. and this is the third day of doing yeah. this. Like no it's chance. It's really like, oh, Oof. my gosh, you're really ready. So, so like I said, I, I don't do this that often, but um, so uh, – we got these, got this stuff, and then, and then we were like, "Well, let's eat these hard candy edible things, right?" It was really interesting, actually. Going into a legal weed store was really interesting because you walk in there, and they have these like pharmaceutical kind of clear counters, almost like you're going to a jewelry store or something, mm. where you can like look at the different stuff. Do they have weird names like jewelry oh, yes. brands do? Yeah, well, the weirder though, you know, like mm. ones you know. Cluster bang on my mama's Jupiter or whatever the you know whatever it is right I don't even as a man you know I don't even I don't, whatever right it's all these different weird names right mysterious grimace and they're like well what's I don't know, like well what's cluster bang on my mom's Jupiter and they're like well that's kind of a 
it's mellow for a minute and then like you're really flying and then you're not you know and they're like well, what's this one well that's if you just want to go to sleep and and then what's mm-hmm. this one well that's if you really want you know if you're going to go to a party you can you know like they have all these yeah. different it's like mm. it's like medicine they have one for medicine or coffee, yeah. coffee or you know like well, that's this <laughs> yeah. buzz or that you know so it's all that stuff who knows if any of that's true yeah. i don't know, I don't know. they all, seem to know what they're saying it's yeah. all thhc in the end i guess yeah. have you guys it's, been to the ones here at all I I have a little bit. I have never. Yeah. I have not as of yet. So anyway, anyway they, they yeah. So they they um, I went through that process. I got these little candies. Right? Star mints? Are we talking about? They like, are just little hard candies. Look like butterscotches. Like rocks, or, butterscotches. Yeah, just like yeah. little candies. Rocks, rocks. And when you and you went and then I did I tasted one that night and tasted and it's got that weed a little bit that mm. kind of like weedy stanky. Stanky, but you know it was fine. It's just like a hard candy. So I, I, hate, I, hate, I went there and I ate one. I don't know. It was like maybe 7 o'clock at night. I ate one. And then uh, we went out. We went to a place. And, you know, it's a beer festival. So all these people are – it's like beer and you're hanging out and everyone's buying beers. So had a few beers. And then I kind of feel like, well, not, this isn't it. So I had another one of these and then, then candies. Then you started ordering wine. Everyone yeah. had another one of these candies. And uh, <laughs> and then you kind of start really like I felt like well I'm okay I'm really feeling this you know like this is <laughs> and then um, kind of remember going to the hotel and then I went fell asleep I woke up the next day and um, there was a dog in the bed <laughs> yeah, that was a zebra <laughs> tiger in the bathroom <laughs> and uh, and uh, get to the award ceremony everything's going fine. But I kind of feel like, oh, I really I'm got this other feeling. Cotton mouth and yeah. I know it's more than yeah. cotton mouth. It oh. felt like a it felt like a you know, I was still feeling the effects you of the smell THC. the colors, man. Yeah. And I and I really felt like a certain amount of like otherness or like um confidence or like uh, you know, you just weren't as insecure about things mm. somehow. I kind of, you strode through things. You didn't care. About the Peronis anymore. We didn't care what kind of, you just didn't, you just were out of your body a little bit. You just kind of yeah. strode through it. You felt like, I feel good. I don't good. like this guy. I'm just going to smack him. But <laughs> you just felt good, you know? Yeah. And so, so that felt good. And so went to the award ceremony and then lo and behold, we win an award. So I'm the press guy. So I have to, I go, oh my God, <laughs> I've got to. Immediately write a press release. Press release time. And I'm feeling a little funky, but I'm going to go do it. Is your press release just, have you ever tasted beer, man? <laughs> I mean, listen, really tasted our beer? You don't even know. So I went to a nearby a beautiful hotel, the Hyatt. It's still right there, right by the convention center. And, um, and I wrote this press release. It was, it was fine. And I, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I called yeah. people in Juneau. I was basically fine, but I had a certain. Kind of, I don't know, like Elon. a swagger or a confidence mm. or something about it. I just, but I wasn't like high or anything like that. I just felt like ah, it's a little residual, like I feel good. And I'm just, I know what I'm doing and I feel good. And uh, so I wrote this press release and um, got approved. And then I sent it out through this kind of thing we use. And so the press release went out. That was great. And everything went great. And, um, I was in the middle of kind of doing that, and right before I sent it, I was like, oh, man. <gasps> I got to take a crap. And I was like, all right. And then I had this sort of – so here's a little bit of like just background information on me. Yeah, Can I just say I like – 
when you're like, I have to take a crap, and then you are immediately like, let me tell you, I have some things to explain about yeah. myself now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it I always ends well. Well, yeah. I think, listen. Yeah, no, that's good. Let's just, I mean, let's talk for a moment. We talk about poop a lot here. Sure. Let's talk about it. We all have, we all have certain things yeah. in our, you know, personal mm-hmm. things. about, And we never have to talk about them because they're just personal. They're just like... Uh, how, why would you ever have to talk to anyone about how you feel when you take a crap? You don't have to. It's just like how you feel. It's what you. You know, it's like how. It's just. It's just. What I'm saying is like there's psychological things. And here's what I'm. Here's what I mean by this. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm getting a little bit. But here's what I mean by this. I've always in my life gone into men's bathrooms. Every other man in every other stall sounds like they're much more relaxed than me about oh. what they're up to, right? They're all in there. They're spitting. They're hacking. They're going, ah. They're like. And then, yeah, the noise they they're make. They're making noises. <laughs> they don't give a damn. They're just going for it. I'm in there going, just, just, just go ahead and poop. Little and mouse. Just, just quiet, little mouse. I hope it doesn't make a plooping sound. You know, I'm literally like worried that it'll make a plooping sound or that I'll make a farting sound or something. I'm not really overly worried about it. Obviously, I've lived my life. I'm a comfortable person, but I just does it, it still it it's it's in there. You a little bit. It, it inhibits you huh. a little bit. You know, it, it, me me personally, I'll admit that right now. You Somehow, know, this used there's to happen something to in, me a little bit. Okay, I can understand this, but then when I thought about it, and I realized nobody gives a damn. Right. Exactly. And, and yeah. So now I'm now I just want to. Outdo them. So I don't want to. <laughs> so that's good. That's you. That's I don't want to. I don't want to outdo anyone. But but I did in that moment. I had in that moment aided by this little residual kind of THC weed thing. I had that epiphany. Mm-hmm. I had that epiphany. I walked into the. I strode into the bathroom proudly Arms at that moment. Welcome. Right? Yes. I had to pack up my laptop and I had to Out of the way, pack and I, you know, <laughs> and I had the backpack with me and I was like, I'm going to go into this luxury bathroom and I'm going it's a beautiful bathroom. Denver Hyatt. Surrounded by Denver Hyatt Regency. Yeah, it must be nice. Surrounded by marble. Beautiful. Wow. I'm gonna go in there and I'm going to absolutely have my business done. And enjoy and I yourself. Am enjoying it and I'm not going to in this moment. I've, I am not going to worry about this. This is the time. This is my moment. This magic moment. I, this is my... This is my day. I am. I own this day. A day may come when I poop silently, but it is not it this is day. It is not today. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I decided at that moment. I was like, I am going to go in there, and I'm going to be the man... That I've always heard next to me in the stall next to me who's wearing a tie and is a businessman and is busy and has eaten a prime rib and is on his way to his next important business meeting. And he is going to have a defecation and he doesn't give a rat's ass what someone else in the next stall thinks about it. And it is so bad he's opening another gate to a different dimension full of demons (laughs) and fouls. Carpe fisum. This is how I felt. (laughs) I walked in. Carpe fisum. I walked proudly. Strode proudly directly into a stall in this bathroom, closed the door, put down the latch. It was a well taken care of, like I said, beautiful sure, luxury yeah. hotel, and um, sat down and uh, immediately just started going, you know, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, the vocals, vocals, yeah, 
I, I was like, why can't I be vocal the way I've heard other men be vocal in like bathrooms? A, you know, I've always <laughs> hated that in a way, but I've always envied it. I'm going to do it. You just, uh, you're, you're just like an Austrian on a mountain. A little bit of maybe <laughs> throat clearing. <laughs> for no reason. For just, no reason. I don't smoke. I don't need yeah. that. But Guys I was don't a, need to clear their well, throats. They, they just if do you it. Smoke, One maybe is not connected to the other, though. Right. Yeah. I, I did it. I went for it. I did it all. And then the actual voluminous, I really had kept it in because I'd been at this yeah. ceremony. I'd been stressed out. Eating I'd smoked been eating fish weird all day. stuff all week. <laughs> all week. All week. Ribs. All you eat is pub food and ribs mm, and ribs. And so Fried I grease. really let it go. And you know, at a certain point, I actually realized that someone had had kids like i heard kind of high voices and i like heard kids <laughs> like whatever and i was like you know forget it i don't <laughs> even learn i don't even care if there's kids around like you're gonna have to learn right <laughs> i let it go i let it loose in that moment i was an animal you were free i was an animal <laughs> i was an ape you were more animal than man. i was primal i did it i had it all happen i felt so really core Amazing at that moment, emptied myself, <laughs> and, 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 and vocally, spiritually, spiritually, <laughs> physically, emptied, <laughs> did it all. <laughs> and forty minutes later, well, not even. I mean, it didn't even take that long. I just what? had really? a really yeah. No, I don't take long. Are you there. okay? Because I mean, I emptied it. I emptied it, <laughs> and uh, you know, then. You know, cleansed myself in there as well as you can, and then uh, opened up the stall door, went to the sink, and was surrounded by women. (laughs) (laughs) They were in the wrong bathroom. I I was in the women's room (laughs) in the classiest hotel in Denver, having my epiphany bowel emptying moment yeah. of my life where the only clothes you were wearing had logos <laughs> all over them <laughs> representing and you know it was an interesting thing because at that moment because of the THC I knew what was going on and I said well this is terrible but I took my time washing my Wash hands. hands I washed yeah. my hands for I counted the alphabet twice wow. good man I went through it and I just and I said it out loud <laughs> a, B, C, F, D, and vigorously e. washed and washed and washed. While women literally, I remember this so distinctly, like audibly gasped. Well, I would imagine, yeah. And backed away. It's like borderline illegal. Oh, I mean, that yeah. is the ugliest woman I've ever seen. <laughs> and. And holding their children, there were children at yeah. the sink with the mothers, <laughs> and and Those I kind of just didn't make eye contact, but kind of just strode, still strode, and strode right out of the Hyatt Regency. Yes, <laughs> and you're no longer welcome within a thousand yards of the Hyatt Regency. Uh, and that was uh, wow. that was one of the that was the most memorable moment that I had. Quite a at tale. The GABF in Denver, and that's uh, that's that's it for today on uh, <laughs> on Bridge from Nowhere. Nowhere. nowhere.
That's it for our show today. Thanks to our house band playing all original music, George Kuhar and Steve Nelson R. Coulson. Thanks to KTOO and Alaska Robotics. For more info on Bridge from Nowhere and for all our shows, go to our website at bridgefromnowhere.com or iTunes, Stitcher, and of course Napster. And when you listen, please subscribe and comment and link to our page. That's it from us today for Lou Logan and Jamie Carnick. I'm Andy Klein. We've burned another bridge. Bridge.